podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to your post-match Raw on AI Pro, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Downey and I'm joined today by Jim Boardman alone as we reflect on Bournemouth 1, Liverpool 0 in the Premier League from the Vitality Stadium. Jim, it's probably just as well. There's only the two of us uh, because, uh, you know, uh, uh, do, do do people really want to hear uh, a, a endless um, chit chat about what was effectively, I hate to use these words about my beloved players and club, gutless, uh, gutless showing, uh, idea free, intensity bloody hell free and just really really the most egregious thing of all was that it felt like i say again sort of lacking in character lacking in 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 that in in that kind of will and spirit to 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 just impose ourselves on a game i didn't recognize that side i suppose what i'm saying in a long-winded fashion yeah, I mean, when you say you don't recognise them, I, I, I do recognise them, sadly, as in it's these imposters that have turned up this season. And um, I mean, funnily enough, on the day when the BBC has screwed things up so badly that it's having to put recorded programmes out instead of live coverage of the football, we probably could have pieced together some previous post-match podcasts, post-match Raws, and done the show that way. You know, we're, we're thin on the ground in terms of just us two being here today. I reckon, you know... Um, there's nothing Dave could have said today that would have been anything new compared to stuff we said earlier on in the season. Other than, you know, it's the contrast from what we saw a week ago. And it's just it's just phenomenal, that change. It's just, um, it's like black and white. It's just night and day. Um, I've, I've seen us have ups and downs in the past, but to go from one extreme to the other like that is, is distressing, to be quite honest, because it still suggests to me that there's something badly wrong somewhere along the line, and I really don't know what that is. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, and a, a big, uh, hearty hello to uh, Dave, uh, Dave, who's uh, off recuperating for a few days more yet. Uh, and uh, I'm sure he's feeling very, very relieved. He doesn't have to um, deal with the aftermath of this particular outing. But I think to go back to the point that you're making, it's uh, it's probably the most um the most salient one of all is 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 what the hell is wrong? How can a, a side containing so many fantastic footballers be so Jekyll and Hyde? And you're right, you know, I said I don't recognise them. I suppose I meant in the greater scheme of things, what mm-hmm. is what is this changeling version of Liverpool that has turned up on so many occasions this season when, as you say, again, it's a really astute observation, if we wanted to do a, a cut and paste um 
we could easily uh, about this. Um, how many times have we talked about the apparent lack of, of character from all these lads who are brimming with it? How many times have we talked about the lack of urgency and ironically intensity from players who had made it their identity? Um, it's a real worry and it goes very deep. And there's something almost about the fact that it happened in the wake of the last outing that makes this one so much worse. The mm. fact that we, we couldn't change it from the bench. We couldn't um, we couldn't say, OK, there's three or four lads are having a shocking day today. So let's bring on a few fellas and shake it up and, and put this lot to bed. Nothing worked. And I would say again, Jim, you know, before we get into the, 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 the usual structure of the show, just to have a, a little bit of a preamble, I would say that front and centre in all the people who are going to have to hold their hands up and say, I think I might have made a ball to this, you know, lads. It's probably the the lads standing on the sideline again, because I really didn't understand the substitutions and the timing of them, no. the personnel. It was weird, man. No, and I think, I mean, Salah, I mean, for God's sake, he broke records. He has broken records for us. He's, he's a tremendous player. He has been a real, really tremendous player for us. He's a player that's given us so many great memories, and I'm not sort of ready to say that his, his career is over yet, but he's definitely at a stage in his career where he can have a really bad game, which previously was totally out of character for him. He'd, he'd have sort of mediocre games by his standards, which were pretty decent games still. But at the moment, he can he can have bad games. And he, he's the one that stands out a mile. And, you know, he probably should have been one of the first to be taken off. And yet he stayed the whole game and stayed long enough for that that penalty that basically encapsulated everything that was wrong with him today. I've never... I, I would never, ever have put my money on him missing a penalty. I mean, maybe hitting the post, but always at least testing the keeper. You know, as, when I say missing, I mean literally missing. And when I say missing, I mean, I don't know, that was like a Charlie Adams, but a variation, right? It was, it was so far wide. It was like Charlie Adams was that time so far over. It's it's horrendous to see. It's horrendous to see when, when that happens. And you think, well... If we can see, and maybe it's not just me, I, I, I doubt it is just me, if we can see that Salah's not having a good game, well, that's when you think, right, he's coming off, take him off, whatever's wrong with him, get him off, don't make it worse, don't make him dwell on it. I mean, I can't think, I mean, he's, he's, a, you know, he's a good, strong character and all the rest of it. I'm sure he'll bounce back from that, but he didn't bounce back from it within the game, and that makes you wonder what's it going to do to him for the next next few games to come. Um and when people see him struggling, then it sort of spreads through the team. But yeah, the, the subs were strange. Um, I'm not really sure what the point was of bringing Jota on in, and the way we played after that. I'm not sure why, you know, after 60 minutes, we made those changes. We introduced Milnerson, as it's now nowadays known. It 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 just, yeah, it, it, it just seemed like it was sort of random guesses at what to do and not held by the fact that there's not a lot of choice on the bench that doesn't doesn't help either you know if there'd been a strong bench then maybe some of those substitutions in terms of who was coming off would have made sense and the, there would have been someone better coming on but i'm not sure that anyone better did come on particularly no and I, maybe it makes sense for us to talk about the various issues as we go through the details of the match because um there are a lot of issues and we will come back to those substitutions. I wanted to just flag it up early in the chat so that um, in case it gets away from us to talk, then it was mentioned because, you know, I, I was genuinely scratching my head. Um, I think the, the one that I couldn't understand. So Jurgen's take at halftime was, you know, what we need out there less midfielders. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss. And like I said, we, we will, we will address it as we go through the, the uh, details of the match. First, maybe why don't we take a look at the lineups? Um, because when you see Liverpool starting with the, I think best defensive five that we can have with Ali and uh, Virgin Ibu and uh, Trent and, and Robbo. Um, and we had, I think, was it five clean sheets uh, sort of in a row if you uh, take out the, the pace that Real Madrid gave to us. Um, yeah. I, th- I think it's Premier League clean sheets anyway. He went with an exciting and potentially excellent midfield of Fabinho, Bacetic and Elliot. I stand over the fact that Elliot is not a midfielder. I, I, I'm not having it. I, I, I don't. I, I really love him as a player, but I think he's far more effective further up the field. Whatever. Who cares what I think? Jurgen thinks he can do the job there. And ahead of them, the very effective looking uh, trio of Nunes, Gakpo, and Salah. I, for one, was simply excited uh, by that lineup. I didn't think he would do that. And when you see, again, Miller's on the bench. Bobby, who had a sensational little introduction there recently. Uh, we've got Adrian and Henderson and Jota and Simicus and Carvalho and Mello's back alive again and Joel Matip's on the bench. And you think, OK, uh, this is a very solid looking setup. As you say, maybe not the sort of exciting world beater types that we'd like or to have like a Diaz to take on or whatever, but not bad in terms of the quality, to say the least. Um so the, there's not a whole lot to say about Liverpool. If there is something you want to ma- mention about them, feel free to do it. But the interesting point for me and, and where I want to bring you in and this is just to have a look at the opposition today because, you know, we need to be realistic about the fact that they are had been propping up the league. Uh, yes, we're going to their ground. Yes, it's the middle of the day. Yes, you know, all those other little sort of intangibles like that fucking unlucky kid, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But when you see a team that has uh, Neto and goal, Stevens and Senesi, Kelly and Smith, and then on the flanks, on one side you've got Otara, and the other you've got Anthony Lerma and uh, Rothwell in the middle, billing ahead of them, and uh, Solanke sort of leading the line. You think, okay, uh, I understand probably why they are where they are. There's not any names that are jumping out at you there. I will... I'll hold my hands up and admit, Jim, that Utara is a completely new new uh, uh, sort of experience for me. I didn't literally didn't see this lad coming. I thought he was tremendous on the day. Um, people will be familiar with Jefferson Lerma. They might know a bit about Anthony. They will obviously know Solanke. And Billing is a highly rated individual who did very well, I thought. Uh, their bench had Mark Travers, Ryan Fredericks, Lewis Cook, Chris Mepham, David Brooks, uh, story there, Ryan Christie, uh, Matthias Fina, Kiefer Moore and Antoine Semenyo, um, five of whom I think came on at some point over the course of the game. You think there's probably better known names on their bench. And so, I don't know, it felt to me as if this one was a mismatch. It looks like a terrible mismatch on paper, but you have to hand it to... um, Gary O'Neill, what he's doing there, uh, what he's done with them there today uh, is the, the mismatch. It may have appeared on paper, 
but they were more than up for it. And I think their chances overall, Jim, were probably as good, if not better than ours. So, I mean, they actually looked solid. They looked like they might even get out of trouble. Yeah, and he's looked like he's probably thought, tactic-wise, what to do against us, because... I think the way to, to play against Liverpool these days is let he soak up that early pressure because nine times out of ten this season we've been hopeless at actually capitalising on our early pressure and just you know wait for your opportunities on the break and on the break we we can look frightened when teams are breaking against us look hopeless we just seem to be at times lethargic in in terms of dealing with it and I think some of those players are pretty fast pretty nifty um if anything the the issue they've got is that um when they did break there wasn't always a great end product on the uh, as a result of the break and i don't think ali was actually tested that often but you know liverpool fans hearts would have been tested quite a bit because the amount of times they were able to break free from us and and really sort of at least start showing signs of worry but overall when you look at the actual quality i mean you're you're asking for players to play out of the skins and they did. They did play out of the skins. But, you know, that should be something we're, we're prepared for. Um, it's this thing about, I don't know, I mean, maybe come on, on to this later. We, we we struggle in grounds where the, the fans are on the, you know, a bit closer to the pitch, maybe a bit louder, a bit sort of, I don't know, I I'm, don't mean any disrespect to Bournemouth, but that sort of lower league feeling almost with the drums going and, um, you know, the, the fans really partisan, really on the back of the club, really angry with the referee for everything he does and, you know, laughing when anything goes wrong for us and cheering for, you know, even the, the, the glimmer of a throw in that kind of, that kind of atmosphere we're struggling. And, you know, regardless of that though, these, these players, I think, looking at it, there's no reason we should be worried about it. But at the same time, there's no reason we should be complacent. So I agree, the Liverpool team is pretty much the one I would have gone for, given what was available. And I don't think I would have picked anything different unless there's a player that's totally missed out that was fit. I don't think, you know, I don't think I would have I would have picked anyone different. It's strange that we're seeing Arthur on the bench or Arthur, however we want to say his name. But really, that first eleven. It's pretty much the team that demolished Manchester United last week. Take Henderson out and you've got the team from last week. Yeah, this was the team that I almost thought, I don't know, well, we beat these Man United last week 7-0, so we can just turn up today and we'll win, especially against that lot. And this is, you know, it's not so much what we think of the opposition, it's what did the Liverpool players think of the opposition because they clearly underestimated them. And in the end, it's, um, it's just that feeling that, you know, wherever team goes out there, there's there's just that. I don't know. It's like we, we've we've complained at times that the teams look like it lacks self belief, and there's times when we've said the the team looks like it's just too complacent. And I think the complacency was the issue today more than anything. And once the complacency had, had done for us, the lack of self belief kicks in. But yeah, um, really. We shouldn't be worried about what side they're putting out, which I think the point I'm trying no, to get at is no. we should be going out there thinking there's nothing they can do to surprise us. We are better than them. As long as we play as well as we can, there's nothing to worry about. We'll win this, but we have to play as well as we can. And somewhere along the line, and it gets lost in translation, the bit where it says we have to play as well as we can. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. 
We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. It's not okay that we've found ourselves in a situation where this team's uh, mentality, psychology, whatever way you, you want to um, uh, categorize it, is so fragile that if we don't go ahead early in a game, a game can just get away from us. That's not what has been the character of Liverpool teams under Jurgen Klopp and yet it very much is the character of this side, um, this current iteration. doesn't matter what players are on the field. Um, an awful lot of people will have been really excited to see that midfield unit today, for example. But what we saw was that that midfield unit really struggle, really struggle. Um, and, you know, that's that's got to be put out there. Um, but it's not like they were on their own. Um, it's not they like were- they've had... Um, you see, if we'd played the Manx in midweek and then we'd come down to Bournemouth for a, a lunchtime kickoff, I'd think, oh, well, maybe that tiredness thing kicks in then. Maybe, you know, maybe they've been a bit overused. They've had a week off. You know, they've had a good week, well, not a full week, but nearly enough a full week off, a whole week, a whole lot of weekdays off. Yeah. You know, yet they look like they'd literally played two days ago. What do you Especially, think? Of- you know, Fabinho, for example, what, what what's happened to him? He was so oh. much better last week. And then today he had some good moments, don't get me wrong, but they were, they were few and far between and he just faded quickly. What do you what do you make of this concept that I've seen uh, being kicked around there amongst people? I, I mean, normally I would bristle when I hear talk like we didn't, we just, we took it for granted. We were complacent. We thought all we had to do was show up. Normally that type of thing, I, I found myself, like I say, I bristle at it because I think, no, these are good lads. That's not how they think. That's not their mindset. But we've got way too much evidence uh, from way too many really horrendous performances like I say gutless performances and and, and, and intensity free showings way too much receipts to bring to this argument to now dismiss that kind of talk that talk is absolutely relevant and it's absolutely appropriate because this lot have not they've earned it they've earned the, the the doubt that we we now have in them and it was a it was it was a thing jim that for i think 4 years of doing the show with jan we had this almost like a cliche that we'd say on nearly every show well look you can trust this lot can't you mm. You know what you're going to get from this lot, don't you? And they may have a bad day, but it won't be because of lack of effort or intensity. It won't be because of uh, a sloppy mental attitude or approach. And now there's so much evidence from so many of these shit days and these really uncomfortable analyses that we've had to do immediately after them that... It is a genuine thing that needs to be questioned. And you wonder, does it go right to the top in terms of um, the leadership of the club with Jurgen? Does it go ahead? Does it go above that again? We've had all the curiosity and, 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 and uncertainty about what was happening around ownership. Um, there definitely seems to be, like you said, something askew in terms of the unit as it was. And it's just filtering all the way down to the pitch regularly now yeah and i mean 
I don't know. You, you can form habits. I mean, Liverpool have had times in my lifetime where the habit has been to just go out and win and to go out and win regardless of how well you play sometimes in a game that you somehow find it. And this complacency, I've seen it in the past with this Liverpool side, but it's generally been a more more of a sort of a period of complacency within a game. You know, maybe <clears throat> maybe we've sort of had a few chances. It's still nil-nil or maybe even one-nil. And then we almost sort of take the foot off the gas and we just take, it, take our eye off the ball just a little bit. Nice thing, you know, we've conceded. But the thing I always saw from Liverpool players when that kind of thing happened was a reaction. You know, and I've used this word far too much this season, that the reaction from the Liverpool players is not what it used to be. It's something I think Klopp's always had with his players, that he wants them to react to situations. I mean, he's he's the first to tell you, you hear so many post-match interviews where he'll say, yes, that happens, you know, we conceded a goal, that happens, whether it's bad luck, a good goal from them, blind referee, whatever it might be, that happens. And you can't, you know, once it's happened, it's happened. It's what you do next that matters. Yeah. And it's the what we do next that's worrying me now. A week ago, I felt our reaction was getting good because we we, we score and we go and score another. We don't relax. We react to scoring in the positive way. And we've done that in the in recent games. You know, in other recent games, the game um, a couple of weeks ago, we we had a goal ruled out. Within minutes, we'd gone and made got a real goal. A couple of minutes later, we'd made it, got another one. We won 2-0. Yeah. And we put the game to bed. The reaction was there then, but just just don't understand what it is. And maybe, you know, when we talk about complacency, and it's something we've spoken about on Raw in the past, I'm sure. Um, does Klopp look like the same Klopp when things aren't going well? I mean, I don't know whether that yellow card, red card, whatever he got has, has put him off, but he, he's doing that thing again where he's kind of standing at one side, putting a smile on. He's not looking as bothered, and I don't know. Is he thinking it's a hopeless cause, a lost cause? I don't know. It just seems strange. And, and this is the thing, as much as we're having a go at the players and their part in it, it does seem to be a wider thing at the club. That there's this, um, I don't know, there's almost this acceptance that this is as good as we're going to get. And we, you know, there's no point fighting. I hope I'm wrong, but you, you can't shy away from that. And as you say, these players, these players aren't like that. But for some reason right now, that's the impression they're getting. And if, if I mean, I'm sure Klopp's not leaving. I'm not asking for him to leave. But if there was a big chunk of money thrown towards anybody this summer to look at the squad, not one player in that squad now can think, well, I'm all right. I don't think maybe Ali at the most. But other than that, I don't think there's one player could say I'll be safe because I don't think anyone has been good enough this season consistently to say that. Yeah, that's that's the word right there. Um, the, 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 and never better summed up than the last two games. Um, the, this, this sort of Jekyll and Hyde thing that we've seen over two outings back to back, it's it's uh, it's a real cause for concern. And I think people, you know, they want to get into their little camps and they want they have their own uh, agendas and and that type of thing, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. And you know, um, you know, we we all have certain things that we think or we lean towards, and that's absolutely fine. But it's just this build up of like I say receipts and evidence now it's not it's uncomfortable watching Jurgen uh, standing there with a kind of a, a bemused puzzled uh, ironic grin on his face it, it, that's not what we want what we want to see from him that's not what we're used to seeing from him um, and it does beg the question does he have you know, deep down is there a feeling that you know well, look 
the arse is broken on this now anyway and 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 it's you know we're just limping along till the end of the season i i mean i wouldn't believe that of him like i wouldn't believe it of our of our players and yet like i say freaking receipts jim they're just yeah and as soon as you start thinking that i mean it's not the same but i remember years and years and years ago alex ferguson announced that he was going to retire at the end of the season and from that point on his side just fell apart and where you know we people say it's because they all thought right well now I'm not really performing for him I'm, I, he won't be here next season we're just going through the motions till some new guy comes in and the performances just fell off a cliff later on he changed his mind said he wasn't retiring and went on to win more leagues and things and you know I, I hate sort of comparing us to him but he was a successful manager as much as we dislike it and the, the fact that they knew he was leaving seemed to result in some poor performances and I don't know if, if you know, is, is there a feeling around the ground that people think Klopp is going to call it a day soon? I mean, whatever's on his contract, if he decides enough's enough, he's going to go, isn't he? And, you know, is there a feeling like that around the camp? I just don't know. But whether there is or not, the same kind of thought processes must come into must come into play that when you're starting to think that, you know, this isn't working anymore, we need a change, you know, it just changes how pe- people are and it needs to be stopped. It needs to be addressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we we thought perhaps that it had been, and there was an opportunity today. We might as well just talk about this briefly as well, because it, it is an atypical role without without Dave in uh, situ. So we we have just the two of us bouncing back and forth off each other. We will, don't worry, folks. Get to the usuals. We've done the the lineups, but we will get to the match details. Um, <laughs> to torture you with them in a second, but. It, it, I can't help but look at the league table, Jim, and I, it, it it makes it makes sort of depressing reading because mm-hmm. we could be in fourth position today with, uh, to be fair, Newcastle having not one but two games in hand over us and um, being only. Um, four points behind so they could have overhauled us that's to, to be truthful about it if they win their, their games in hand but it's a hell of a lot healthier looking than it otherwise had been for most of the season and I think you had the feeling that if we could sneak in there there's something about you know the, 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 the chins go up and the heads lift and maybe we could see this thing over the line Yeah, this feels like a really really unfortunate setback because like I say we have now the situation where we are three points behind Spurs now at this point with the same amount of games played. United have a game less played than us and they are seven points ahead of us as we know. Um, but it's the Newcastle one. Newcastle and Spurs are the ones that we have to keep an eye on. You imagine that the Fulham will fall away a little bit. And we have just basically failed to take advantage of opportunities that they've, uh, well, Spurs have offered us with their results. Um, and, that's what really sticks in the craw. I mean, to, to be fourth place this weekend, that would lift the heads even for the midweek game against um, against Real. Who knows? There might have been some sort of miraculous thing that could happen, or at least a restoration of pride. And we go bouncing into the next game in the league. Well, there's a little bit of a gap with a bit of time off, and and and, and instead we're left marooned here in a situation where. It's, it feels inevitable that Newcastle will ease past us and Tottenham will ease away further from us. And that's just, it's just a terrible missed opportunity after such a horrible campaign to date. 
with so many embarrassments, there was an opportunity an opportunity to sort of pull back some of that. And it just there's something about today that feels like I, I don't know. It feels like that might have been that might have been the, the the sort of final nail in the coffin. I don't want to be dramatic, but it just do you, do, you, do you see where I'm going with that? Oh when yeah, yes. Yeah. When you when you see such a capitulation in terms of the mentality and the intensity, it feels, doesn't it, like well. Do we actually have the bottle to get this thing over the line? And currently, I'm veering towards. I don't think we do. No, and I think. You, you, I mean, I, I think back to the season where we ended with Ali scoring that amazing goal, and we were qualifying for the Champions League yeah. in a season where we'd been pretty shit for most of it. But we just showed in that last whatever it was, last couple of months, that you know, if you believe in yourselves and you fight all the way to the end as much as you can, you can you can get somewhere. And we'd had so many setbacks to overcome that season with so many injuries. And there's definitely a parallel this season with so much missing. You know, how many times we've had players missing? The fact we've had to have some of those players on the bench that helped us out for parts of that other season. Um, I think we had Reese Williams on, on the bench one of the games this season. That's how, how much we'd struggled in terms of how far down the pecking order we were starting to go for players. You, you know, you sort of have you have that hope that, you know, quietly, quietly, we just go about our business, just take one game at a time and win each time, then we can start closing that gap. And we we definitely started to close the gap. As you say, if we'd have won today, we'd have been level on points with Tottenham, but ahead of them, we'd have gone fourth because we'd have been ahead of them on goal difference thanks to that um, hammering we did last weekend. Obviously, Newcastle behind us, but game, you know, more games in hand than us, but that still means they'd have to win and us being ahead of them, you know, it just kind of puts a bit of pressure on them rather than dangling a nice big carrot for them, which is what we've done today. And yeah, I mean, I'm not sort of too worried about Fulham, I admit, but even Brighton, I mean, they've played three games less than us, the four points behind us. Um, you know, they, they'll be breathing down our necks before too long and it just feels like it, it's definitely an opportunity missed because we're into the middle of March now. We've not got any other competitions to worry about. I'm sure the, as much as we'd love to dream about the Champions League, even my most optimistic part of me cannot see us doing anything other than, as you say, maybe restore a little bit of pride. And I can't even see that after today. But you take all that out of it and just look at the league. You know, we've got we've got 12 games left and we could easily do something in those 12 games that's what you'd think but after today well there's how many more times can you slip up in a season I think that's the other thing is that you look over a season and you think well it's rare when you have as many um, defeats as we've had in recent seasons and not even won the league that's an unusual situation you're allowed a few slip ups in a season but I feel we've had all ours already you know we've well and truly used all our nine lives and today We've tried to find a 10th and I think we'll find, you know, it could even be at the end of the season that this is the game that cost us the Champions League. It was, you know, it was something we had to fight for, but we could fight for it. But we're not fighting. And I think this is the biggest frustration. Um, You know, I I think we said before the Man United game on a couple of pods I did, if you can't get up for Liverpool v Man United, you shouldn't be anywhere near that club, either club, to be quite honest. And I can understand why Gary Neville was so pissed off afterwards, as funny as it was, because, you know, their players weren't as up for it as they maybe should be. But, you know, if you can't get up for the chance to get into the Champions League, the best you know, the best of the European competitions, a competition that means so much to us. You can't get up to beat a team that in the bottom three, what's gone wrong? And this, this, these are questions that I, I'm sure are being asked, but I don't know if there's any answers. And that's why I just think, you know, none of us are safe and none of the players are safe, I should say. And yeah, it feels like it's such an opportunity missed, such an opportunity missed. And we're sitting here now hoping that because we were the first, first game, 
Um, and by the time you listen to this, I'm sure you'll know otherwise, that because we were the first game, it turns out we weren't the worst of all the people that we need to be worried about. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I, I, if if somehow um, we had turned that around and say got two goals in the second half um, and, and, and ran out of that game 2-1, I don't think... I still think the um, the man of the match will go to a Bournemouth player because yes. I don't think any of our lads can say, yeah, I did well today. I mean, even like someone like, like I thought Ibu was decent enough, but some of his passing was atrocious, uh, dangerously so. Virgil was decent enough, but again, just not himself. And, 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 and when we really needed him to have that like aura about him in front of goal there was probably he should have done better with at least one of those opportunities as well and look the bottom line is they were I, th- I thought as Virgil honestly I thought as Virgil went on I thought he did very well in 1v1s and stuff like that I was pretty impressed with with him I thought Ibu was alright they're the two guys that I'm thinking at least they sort of had a consistent um, attitude throughout the game um, some like I say, some not so great aspects to both of their of their outings. But I'm looking around the pitch, Jim, and there's nobody who's putting their hands up saying, "Yeah, I I, I had a solid outing." They can't. They just can't do it. Even our even our kid Bacetich was pretty much missing for most of that first half, you know. And and he, he looked his age today. I remember thinking, yeah. one, there was one shot to him, and he just looked his age. And I feel awful to say that, but it was like all of a sudden he'd gone. Oh my God! What am I doing here? I'm not ready for this yet. And all the all, and you know, and in a lot of ways, it's our fault. We pin so much on him. You know, he's a kid, and he can't be the answer to all the problems. But the fact is, he was the best answer we had. And today, he was just a day too much for him. Let's get into the the details of the match so that we can look at some of the issues via the the the, the prism of what happened on the park. Four minutes in, um, we saw some really good work by Darwin on the flank. He plays the ball into Cody Gakpo, who helps it on to Mo Salah. His first time effort is a little bit tame, but you know it's at least the right kind of attitude. A lovely flowing move, good stuff by Darwin. Then there is a Virgil header cleared off the line um, from a Trent corner a minute later. Uh, I think it's Lerma who clears, clears the uh, the ball off the line. Um, and to be fair, Virgil does all he can there. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a really good header and um, it's a great opportunity for us. And so you're thinking, right, OK, we look like we really have the bit between our teeth. Uh, we're going at them. Decent pressure from Gakpo um, on Neto on eight minutes. You know, that's the right attitude. That's what we want to see. But on nine minutes, there's a break by them. Solanke intercepts um, a poor pass, helps it on to Watara. He carries the ball all the way from midfield, goes round Ali and should do much better because he has an angle to work with, but he hits the side ringing. It's actually a great chance. And you're thinking, oh, right, um, that seemed very easy, um, um, you know, for them to, you know, it, it was very direct. It's it's a pass, a run. And they're in, uh, and they should have. He should have done better. The kid. Uh, Eleven minutes. Darwin has a bit of a dig from distance. I mean, it's tame enough effort. Decent run and a dig by Robbo on twelve minutes. Cody actually had the ball in the net uh, in the same minute, but he was offside. Uh, nice link play between Darwin and Mo on thirteen, and they're nearly in. So, like we seem to have recovered our attitude back at this point. Um, there is a chance uh, on on fourteen minutes. Um, 
a decent move led to a corner another corner another corner I think it ends basically with Trent driving a volley he's over on the far side he'd been taking these in swinging corners and he, he the ball drops to him um, where Robbo normally would be and he blasts a, a right footed volley into the uh, advertising hoardings um, and then on 19 minutes Billing puts in a dangerous cross from the left Ali does well to cut it out another big moment on 21 minutes uh, Virgil um, 1v1 with uh, Votara he's um, fantastic in this situation a great foot in on the attacker as he was bearing down on goal real Virgil says no moment I'm going to pause it there 20 minutes in or 21 minutes in because at this point I think the balance of play is with us. The attitude seems to be pretty decent. You'd be a bit worried that they can get at us in that direct fashion, but then we're not going to solve all our ills in one um, seven-nil win. So there are going to be issues. We we have to address them as a team, and they'll probably have to be addressed with personnel in the summer. So I thought overall, the opening 20 minutes, the attitude looked right, and we looked as if there was something about us. And I, I felt very, I felt very confident at that stage, Jim. Same here. I mean, it, it's it's hard to kind of remember what happened because of what went on after that. But that first 20 minutes or so, this was almost like a continuation of last week. I mean, in a way, I would have said maybe it was a tougher opposition than last week at this point because we weren't quite carving them open. But I mean, even even last week, it took us nearly nearly the whole half to sort of really get well to go to get a goal anyway. So you just think we keep going, keep going, we'll we'll get somewhere with this. We were creating so many chances, and you know, as you say, I mean. Van Dijk's chance, he couldn't have done any more than that. That was a really well-crafted chance, really well-taken effort, and sadly, a really well-defended goal. Uh, it would have been a goal otherwise. Um, there was a moment where I think Robbo had, even had a shot that was saved. It was, you know, the, we, we were attacking from all parts of the pit, basically. Every single one of us, uh, every single one of our players was looking to score almost and to, to break. There was that, that lovely sort of cohesion between our front three that we saw last week, that understanding they're starting to build up. There were so many signs of that again today. And, you know, it's just that, you know, you, you, you do start to think as time goes on, you think, well, come on, we need to actually put some of these away. But at the same time, you think, well, as long as we keep doing this, as long as we keep putting the ball into that box and and, and testing that keeper and testing that defence, sooner or later one of these is going to go in. We've just got to keep going. And I think, again, that's again brings more frustration because we showed in that 20 minutes what we can do. I mean, yes, they can attack and they can make us worry. But even that, I felt, look, look at Virgil, that... Um, I think it was ruled offside in the end, but the way he stopped them from scoring, even though it proved to be offside, that was, that was vintage Virgil. Um, even Ali with their earlier chance, he basically directed the player wide until he just had a shot that was meaningless and hit the side netting. This was the thing that I think when Liverpool were on at the best was we'd have t- times when teams would come at us. We'd have times when we were caught on the break, but we'd always feel that there was some confidence that the lads at the back could sort it out. And this lineup is the one most likely to do it. I mean, Canate, I think, you know, in the end, I think he ended up having to do too much. This has happened with him before. He's he he, but him and Van Dyke put so much effort in, and I think they're maybe two of the ones that can have some, um, at least some points for effort today, if not execution all the time. They had some points for effort, but yeah. for that first twenty minutes, everyone in that team deserves some points for effort. Um, even Salah, as much as I've criticised him, I think he could have done better with that chance. But, you know, you, you let him off, it's four minutes in or whatever. You know, next one he's going to do, it's just a sighter. But it turned out not to be just a sighter in the end. It, and it's such a shame. And I think 
as that 20 minutes was coming to an end, um, you know, we were sort of moving into the next phase of the game. I was just starting to feel, well, you know, are we, have we kind of done that now? Have they done that on purpose? Have they sort of let us do that for 20 minutes? Have they soaked up the pressure for 20 minutes? Because now all of a sudden they were starting, just starting to look interested in going the other way. And I think I wrote down just after that that, you know, are we starting to be bullied? It just felt like it was starting to get that way. I think Canate conceded a free kick and that was the first signs to me that, you know, we kind of almost had the spell broken. We realised how vulnerable we could be and we suddenly remembered how vulnerable we are and it just it just seemed to change at that point. And I, I do think if you watch the 20 minutes in isolation, you'd be surprised at what followed because there weren't many more moments for the rest of the game that were as good as we as were, where we were as good as we were for that first 20. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye bye. I think that's actually spot on. And I think it is exactly the point at which the mentality starts to fray. Um, and the best part, as you say, about Virgil closing the door and Votaro at that time was the fact that he was offside. And we've often seen this with Ali in the past. He'll just make the save anyway to kind of fuck yeah. you. You're not getting the ball in our net. I love that. And that's the mentality that we love. And to go from that moment within a few minutes to uh, conceding, it just does tell you. It's interesting you wrote that down about like, are we starting to get bullied? That 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 free kick was given away in 25 minutes. Um, yeah. Darwin Nunes makes a fantastic clearing header from that, actually, to be fair. But what I had actually written down is we haven't turned the screw and we need to turn the screw. Yeah. And of course, within a fucking minute of me typing that, <laughs> we're a goal down. 27 minutes. It's billing. It's a simple ball over the top to Votaro. He gets away from Virgil, um, who seems to stop and just let him go at the end of it. His pullback is swept home by Billing, and it went to VAR uh, for reasons. I'm not. I think they were, they were checking some sort of an offside, but it didn't. I, I don't know. I really don't understand what what. Could I think they were thinking how how on earth could they score that against this side? <laughs> Must yeah. have been something wrong with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly right. So, <laughs> but but I mean, there's so much wrong with the concession of this. So much wrong. I, I've seen people just make this the, the simple assessment and say that Virgil should have done better. Um, I've seen um, people's, and look, I, I guess there's more that he could have done in that situation. Um, people blaming Robertson. He certainly, Billing wasn't tracked by any runner from midfield, and there's no uh, uh, a, a Henderson and Milner to blame for for um, lack of mobility or, or lack of awareness defensively in this situation. So we have to look at that midfield unit. It, it, it's a, 
it's not a pretty picture to see Fab trailing in the distance. It's not a pretty picture to see uh, Votaro go past with that burst of speed, go past um, Virgil and get to pull the ball clear. It's not a pretty picture to see uh, Trent ambling over um, in an ineffective position. Um, it, I'm not sure if it actually helps. Uh, this is a, a rule in, in general. I'm not sure it actually helps anyone to go looking for villains here. But what I would say in a very simple way is that was not defended well by us in any aspect of how we should be setting up when a team's counter-attacking against us. That's the problem. There are numerous places you can go and and start saying you should do better there. You should do better there. What do you think? I I just think, yeah, I mean... it, it's, in fact, it's also easy to always look for a villain and maybe not sometimes give some credit to a hero. And I think it was actually a well-taken goal. As much as, as we can criticise, I think th- they kind of knew how to cut us open. You know, they've done the work, they've done their analysis, they've realised what to do. And it was such a swift, incisive counter-attack. It caught us off guard. It really did, but it shouldn't have done. And again, you know, using the, the word reaction is, you know, we're on the break, they're countering. So why the hell aren't we all back dealing with it you know and i mean we've seen so often that our forwards are back defending in such things because they're fast they can make it from one end of the pitch to the other really quickly but even they were sort of slowing down and i don't know why we, we just sort of almost as a team we were ball watching so I, I i i agree i don't really like picking out one player for doing something wrong i just feel as a team it was almost like we didn't know what our roles were. We didn't know what we were meant to do. Um, you know, if we were firemen, we'd all be sort of fighting over getting the hose out before we'd even started the fire engine or something. But we just, <laughs> we just pour it. Really. Sorry to any firemen who say, what the hell are you talking about? But, you know, we, I mean, I, we're, I don't know anything about being a fireman, but I know for a fact that if, if that was the attitude of firemen, lots of places would burn down. Um, <laughs> we just stood there and watched. And I think that was the issue. Um, you know, maybe that's where the complacency comes in again, that we didn't recognise that this was an actual dangerous moment and that for a moment we need to stop thinking about attacking. You know, we've got plenty of time to get the attacks going again. We don't want them to score. You know, the last thing we want is for them to score. You know, put everything on the line. Do not let them score. And there just isn't that kind of attitude. And, you know, I don't know whether Van Dyke, you know, can he do that constantly through a game? Maybe, maybe he's not looking as, you know, he's still not as fit as he could be. Maybe there's some issues there. Who knows? But the fact is, it shouldn't matter because there should always be somebody who's got your back. Yes. And I don't think anybody had his back, you know, and... This is the thing: is it's you win and you win and lose as a team. That's the you hear that said so often by these players, um, you know. And we lost as a team today, and we lost as a team because of how badly we defended that moment as a team, and then how we reacted as a team to it. But that that was the key moment. The, that moment then, it just broke us. And the reaction is what's all that's left for us to talk about now, and it's uh, it's a slow car crash um, happening in front of us. Um, but whatever way it pans out, the Reds managed to pad the stats enough that if you were to look at this, for example, they had, I think, five attempts to our 15. They had only two on target, um, of course, to our six. They had only 30% of the ball to our 70. Only 271 passes played to our 625. Um, you know... On the face of it, 
the goal the goals obviously in the cliched way of going on are the most important statistic but on the face of it that sounds like a team who had the majority or line share of the game or were doing well that's not how it pans out because if we look at what happened between then and the end of the first half when we should have this as you say reaction and that should have shocked us uh, into anger outrage fucking something instead what happens is the next notable moment is another opportunity for them it's a 35 minutes in in other words a lot of time has elapsed there with us not showing that sort of rage or uh, intensity to come back and the first the next notable moment is on 35 minutes Votara brings a great puts in a great cross and Solanke had an opportunity to beat Ali, but he just couldn't get his touch right. And to be fair, it's a difficult opportunity, but it is a poor touch. Now, at this point, I've written down, we've been absolutely shite for the last 15, 20 minutes. Absolutely muck. Our passing was shocking. No intensity whatsoever. And it's more annoying because there was evidence of it in the first 20. Um we have then our pal Fletch throwing out stats that, you know, uh, I think Liverpool have three draws and a defeat in the last four uh, early kickoffs or five early kickoffs, something like that. Make that now three and two. Um, so you're starting basically to think, telling us that we should start letting BT Sport have a lunchtime kick. <laughs> I, I think that's basically, <laughs> that was my takeaway. And then, and more to the point, you start to have these feelings that, I haven't had since way before the Klopp era, where you get a feeling of sickening inevitability. <laughs> you know that feeling, Jim, that kind of yeah. creeps up and you go, I actually know how this game ends now. I should go and have a walk. Yeah, or, you know, one, one thing that one little moment that encapsulates that for me perfectly was that um, there was a little bit of a break, not long after the goal, a few minutes after, um, probably before Fletch had said this, looking when I've written it down, Salah's into the box, then the ball breaks away from the box, goes to Fabinho, he just shoots over, you know, complete waste of possession. He was never going to score from there. Why did he do it? And that that is the, the thing I've seen, you know, name any player from Liverpool in the 90s and onwards, and you can sort of think, you know, any team, sorry, and you can think of a player who did that too often in games, um, you know, and Fabinho did that. That's that's ruining, you know, you, you're sort of trying to build things up. You do that, what happens? The home side are cheering. They're all laughing at you. You've wasted an effort. And it feels like, yeah, as you say, that air of inevitability is just starting to flood over you. Yeah, I just, as I'd say around here, in that por- portion of the match, we're just wagging, just absolutely wagging. Ibu does well, uh, you know, on about 40 minutes to bail out Trent, who's really struggling against Anthony. And he carries the ball, he draws a free kick. And from that free kick, um, hit in well by Trent, Virgil has an opportunity to bury it. And he really should, really. It's, it's, it, he heads it down and, 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 and wide of the, of, the, of the mark. It's a good opportunity for a fellow who we know is, effect, is as effective as him. But instead of that being a rally to the end of the half and our tails up, Freaking opportunity for them two minutes later. Really good stuff by Senesi versus Trent. And Solanke drove the pullback from Senesi over the top. Again, he should have done better, but it's a real opportunity. And they actually wanted a penalty towards the end of the half for the first Virgil and then Ibu do tackles, which, you know, um, I think VAR had a look at at least one of them. I think the initial foul um, was by Virgil. And then uh, there's a sliding tackle by Ibu on the edge of the box. That's the that's how the half ends, and we might as well roll straight into the second half because 
we're all hoping that this sickening inevitability that we feel is going to get shrugged off by uh, our lads coming out with a real attitude in the second half, maybe a bit of change of personnel. So this is where we need to kind of pause it for a second and have a chat about this because it's one of these ones that brings the chat back to Kloppo. Um, his substitution on half time is Diogo Jota for Harvey Elliott. So like I said to you earlier on, all I could think of was Jurgen Lad, you 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 watched that game and your take was what we need here is less midfield presence. Yeah. Because yeah. We, like, obviously there's no way of going with that lineup that is anything other than four attackers, even if you're playing Cody in a more sort of withdrawn role, which he seemed to do a bit. It's not a prop you know, he's he's not he is not a midfielder in that regard. So it's a weird thing. We're, we're, it's obviously, it's a statement, Jim, isn't it? Like, we're going to fucking go for this now. We're going to go all out assault. And the fact that what happens afterwards happens in terms of the lack of that, it's, it's quite demoralizing. Gotcha. Just, just, just a bit. I mean, I think if you're going to, if you're going to make that change, I thought we've, we've seen it before. Liverpool have actually managed to play with four up front and it's, it's worked, but it's worked because we've had, you know, we've had a Fabinho playing at his best and a Thiago playing at his best behind them. You know, when a Virgil van Dijk playing at his best, so you've, you know, when a, and and Canate at his best and so on and so forth, so that you know your midfield is being well and truly looked after by two very decent players in there at the top of the game and and other players around who'll come and help out if needed. To the point where basically, you know. All the focus is on the fact that you've got four really, really, really frightening lads up front who are just really putting you under pressure and really making you struggle. And in the end, I think the pressure went on us. You know, having the four up front, because it was four up front. I mean, I was trying to work out how they were playing. It was four up front. And it just seemed such an odd change to make because we weren't, you know, we if, if those front three had been playing really well for the whole of that half, you know, as well as maybe they were showing signs of in the first 20, then yeah, maybe add another one. But in a way, it just sort of, how does it help the front three to bring another lad on to just confuse everybody and to be in the way a little bit more? That That's what frustrated me. If you're going to bring Jota on, maybe you bring him on because you're not happy with what one of the front three is doing. And if you're going to make a change at halftime and you're not happy with what Elliot's doing, then maybe, I mean, this is the thing I've, we, we've, we've talked about here and elsewhere so often is we, you know, where should Harvey Elliott be playing? And in all honesty, if everyone's playing well, he doesn't play up front because He's just not, with all due respect, he's not as good as any of those lads up front when they're playing well. So, you know, we can kind of agree that, you know, in midfield, in most games, it's maybe they're not best, not the best place for him. So, you don't bring someone on who's even less of a midfielder when there's someone like Henderson on the bench. And as much as I've criticised Henderson down the years recently, I, I mean, I think I'm fairly, fairly nice to him compared to some people. Um, you know. I, I, people can be critical, but he would have been a better choice to make at that point. And, you know, why wasn't he brought on? Is he can't because he's not fit enough after not playing for a week. There's no way that's the case. You know, and he would have been someone that, you know, for all the times we've criticised him, he has got qualities. And one of them is that he can be a bit of a leader and he can sort of shout at the players instead of just shouting at the ref and he can make a difference. And on the, on the day when he plays well, like, he can make a difference. You know, and if you've got him on the bench, you must trust him. So why not bring him on? And, uh, you know, uh, they must have been thinking, you know, it was Christmas because as much as it sounds frightening to bring another striker on, not at half time. 
You know, that's something you maybe do last 10, 15 when you really need to push it, you know, to the point where you're ready to sacrifice at the other end. We we were too early in the game to be able to say we could throw everything at attacking them because we knew they were too dangerous coming at us. So in the end, we just ended up in this nowhere situation, this sort of halfway house, but on the wrong half of it. You know, there, it, it, exactly that. And you, you talk about they should be frightening. And they were frightening for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. And the only the only efforts of no, I mean, honestly, nothing happened. That change did literally nothing for us. Uh, there's, a, there's a yellow... Uh, card on 45 minutes at some stage as well Jim I must I must ask you what you think is happening with that rather unsettling call and response chant that we could hear at halftime and just before the game got started in uh, in that in that uh, from the from the Bournemouth fans it's really weird uh, I, I've no idea what it is so maybe someone can inform me afterwards uh, on that but the the change, I suppose, it seems to manifest in a positive way because within three minutes of the start of the second half, it is Jota with a driving run, a really good dig, well saved, pushed out for a corner. Um, Darwin heads the ball narrowly over the top on 51 minutes, but it wouldn't count it anyway. He's offside. And on 54, Fab's looking around the middle of the park and he puts his head up and plays the ball spectacularly out over the line where nobody is yeah. and ju- it happens at the worst time because we're building a little bit of pressure on the back of that driving Jada run that Darwin effort where he was in but offside and it's just like oh god um from one of our leaders right um I, I have to say Ali's kicking wasn't great in this game either that has to be said but then the passing across the board was was uh, askew there's a cross field ball um Played by Jota, who's getting in on the act now in about 57 minutes, which is intercepted. It's a poor pass. They wind up with a corner uh, after some pressure on 59 minutes. Uh, it's a dangerous one. And Senesi has an opportunity to shoot, to score and uh, doesn't. Votara down the wing is very good on 64 minutes. Um, he puts in a cross to Billing, who fluffs his lines. And it's another opportunity for them. 64 minutes, we make this triple substitution. And Henderson does come on at this point with Mill and Bobby Firmino uh, and the, the trio that make way are Trent Darwin and Fabinho and I'm looking at this and we might as well pause here as well because it gives us an opportunity to talk about individuals and what they did or didn't do Trent wasn't having a great game um, clearly he, he was having a bit of a stinker Robbo wasn't great either on the other side um, and these are possibly understatements by me um, but his Selections here to bring on. Okay, we're going to bring on Jimmy Milner uh, because Trent is so bad. Uh, you know what? I, I can get behind that. Uh, we're going to bring on Jordan Henderson um, because uh, reasons. Uh, we're going to bring on um, a, for, for, for Fabinho. Uh, you could Fabinho is not in any position, especially given the last time he was mentioned in the in the the recollections here uh, to to get too upset about being taken off. He was he was not impressive. Um, so okay, so you bring on the captain for him. And you say all right, let, let's shake it up a bit here. And Bobby Firmino is brought on for uh, Darwin Nunes, who at least seemed to have a little bit of energy and fighting them. And as you said earlier on, Salah was having a, a poor game. Um, and I don't think Gakpo could have 
been too upset if he was hooked either. Uh, and they would both have gone ahead uh, of Darwin for me at that point. Now, again, this is just opinions. That's what we do here. What did you make of the changes? Um, and what do you think the intention behind them was? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. It was straight. I mean, it... I think yeah, he brought he took Trent off and swapped him for Milner because he decided you know Trent wasn't having the best of games. He did look threatened at times, and and Milner, if anything, it's a defensive choice, isn't it? Milner's not being brought on to do more in an attacking way than what Trent would have done. It's more he's been there to stop them attacking us, and that's all I can think of. Which is in a way that's worrying as well that we you know we left it so late to realise that that they were attacking us. Um, Fabinho needed to go off. I think he was definitely one of those who was struggling. But you know, he's it, it would would when I say he needed to go off, I'm not sure if Stefan Bichetti should have been going off at that point because, as we said, well as I'd already said earlier on, I think he was starting to show his age a little bit and and he wasn't playing as well as we've seen him. And I think, you know, if nothing else, even if you take away the read and the needs for what's needed for this game, it's a good time to take him off before it gets any worse and he becomes one of those those plays we look back and think, whatever happened to him? He looked so good when he first started. Well, you know, his confidence was ruined in the game and that this could have been the game that did it to him. So I, I would probably have, have, have left uh, Fabinho on a little bit longer in the circumstances, but not on his merit as much as, you know, what was needed overall. But the, the strangest one was bringing Bobby on for Darwin. Um for one thing, I don't think Bobby's the saviour that he used to be. And the fact he's leaving at the end of this season perhaps suggests that. Because if he was, we'd have done all we could to make sure he didn't leave. Because he'd know he was going to still be getting a lot of football and still being vital to us. He's recognised himself that you know his time is pretty much up for Liverpool. He's been a great servant to us. We are going to miss him. But what we're going to miss isn't the Bobby that's necessarily here today. It's the Bobby we had. And, you know, I love him. Great to have him in the squad. Good to know he's on the bench if you need him. But this just wasn't the time. And Darwin was actually, I don't know, he's one of the players that was doing the most fighting for us, looking the most, I don't know. There's something about him that you always feel that within a game, he might take him a while. He just gets a little bit closer, a little bit nearer. And sooner or later, he's going to get one in. And that's, that's to me, the thing with him. And I was, I was sad to see him go. And that, to me, I just I couldn't fathom it. I couldn't think, what, what are we getting out of this? And it's not even... It wasn't even a kind of change that kind of fixed the formation either. 
you know, it didn't really sort out the imbalance that we had, which is another thing I thought might have come with making some changes that maybe there'll be a little bit of sorting out being done. You know, when you see Milner on and Henderson, you think, all right, well, we're going to have we're going to have three midfielders again, proper, you know, three proper midfielders and things like that. He just but that wasn't what he did. And I still don't understand what for. I mean, you're right. I mean, that, at the start of that half, there were moments when Jota actually started to worry them. And I think he, he was more of a threat than, than maybe we're going to give him credit for because, you know, he was more of a threat than some players. And that's not because that's because of how bad some players were. That makes him sound better than maybe he was. But he, he did look good. But um, I think Gappo again, yeah, those those couple of the, the two main contributions he had in that half were getting two of their plays booked, but we didn't even capitalise on that. You know, you've got two of their plays booked, so why aren't you making them frightened every time they get near the ball? Because they know they're on a yellow and we didn't do that. And this is again, you know, it's not not reacting to situations, not realising that there's players on yellows, right, put them under put them worry. I mean I, I I've seen games where we're playing and there'll be one of ours like the other week, um you know, players booked 25 minutes in and you're worried for the rest of the game, you know, and I think, you know, um, who was it? Keita was one example. And I think he got taken off at half time because I, me personally, I was worried to death he was going to get a second yellow. Yet, you know, we see them on yellows and we're doing nothing to capitalise on it, nothing to sort of screw that, you know, turn the screw on them. Um, I just don't, I just don't get the subs though. I just don't think, you know, the way we were playing suited, it wasn't going to get us anything. You know, we, we were just... Every time we were passing the ball, we were passing it sideways between the back four, pass it sideways, and as soon as we passed it forward, we'd lose it. And part of the reason we were losing it is because we didn't have the midfield to kind of pass it through. And yet, you know, we kind of decided to carry on with that formation that clearly wasn't working. Yeah, in so many ways. And and, and we're going to talk now about the, the main incident of the second half, which did have Jota front and centre. Um and we're going to talk about that uh, in a bit of detail. But what we must address as well, and, and just to put it in context, there is a parallel universe where uh, the substitution substitutes have a direct involvement in us getting back level. Uh, and we go and we do what you refer to as turning the screw and we, we just take the points after a bit of a patchy performance. But instead, what happens is we have this opportunity to draw level, uh, which involves a couple of the substitutes. Uh, we don't take it and we literally do nothing for the remainder of the game, which is 25 minutes. There's nothing, nothing by way of a Liverpool chance. And that is utterly unacceptable. And I wanted to say that there in case, again, it gets lost in the mists. That's when the inevitability feeling was really, that sinking feeling was really, really present with me. But let's look at this potential that we did have for getting back into the game soon after those substitutes came on. Um, there's a Jimmy Milner cross, which is well struck, and Diogo Jota gets his head to it. Uh, it's going on target. Would have been a fantastic goal. Adam Smith um, seems to do a deliberate motion of his arm uh, upwards. Uh, it goes to VAR. Uh, then it goes to the monitor. And our pal, who was yet another piss poor, weak presence referee, John Brooks. He takes his sweet time to decide that, in fact, it is a penalty. Mo Salah takes it. You've described quite graphically the Charlie Adam nature of it. Um, 
and and we fail to take the opportunity to get back into the game. Is it a rallying point? Is it a staging point for a fight back? Is it fuck? Nothing happens after that. Nothing happens. No. It's it's we are it. it uh, we're going to talk about it, but it's uh, it's almost annoying to have to talk about it because we lived those twenty five minutes. They were absolutely abysmal and lacking in all that fight and character and grit and intensity and determination and all those things that are cliches and people don't like to talk about, but they're real and they've been uh, sorely lacking today. Um, let's talk first of all about what it is to fail to take that opportunity because there's no point analyzing the the, the, the penalty any more than you, you 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 described it perfectly right it's really poorly hit and some people say about about mo you know i think you might even say to yourself you never you would never have anything other than certainty about mo when he's taking penalties but going back to the start of his liverpool career when he was taking them i, I was uncertain all the time because of that fucking weird run-up that he does mm-hmm. uh and it, i was never sure with mo with penalties and the irony is that we have a lad who is a solid citizen when it comes to penalties they're on the pitch Milner just come on um, uh, but anyway you know second guessing Mo taking a penalty is is uh, you're scraping the barrel here for things to be uh, uh, to be uh, sort of uh, crit- critiquing there's far more evident stuff that we can we can uh, go into footed on instead it, 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 we're going to have to talk about the rest of the match but it's just facts and figures because there's nothing to describe except a couple of uh, efforts from them what do you think it says, Jim, when we make these changes? Uh, two of the lads are directly um, impacting uh, a, a real opportunity. Our talismanic striker uh, puts the ball down and you had a feeling that that was going to happen. Um, and I also had the feeling, Jim, and this is where I'll put the question. I had the feeling that, OK, Mo hopefully will score this. But I think one all is the best we're going to get out of this. That's how lacking in hope I was at that point because of the sort of dour nature of the performance. Talk to me around about that whole uh, penalty incident uh, and and what you made of it. And the fact that, you know, what we're going to describe in a few minutes is a lamentable effort in terms of chances created when it really counts. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, first of all, the the pen happened and I thought, right, that is a pen. And it's one of those pens where you feel, you do feel sorry for the guy who's giving it away because there wasn't a lot he could do about it. But nevertheless, the way football's rules are these days, they are penalties. So hard luck. It happens to us and it happens to you. You know, whoever you play for, you are going to get those or give those away. They're the rules. Fair play. Get on with it. Penalty. Wow. Wow how lucky are we we don't deserve this penalty really the way we've yeah. been playing but yeah fair enough we've got one and I, I would not have said i'll be i'll be honest if milner had come up to take the penalty i'd have been thinking oh strange choice yeah okay because yeah. you know he's not taken them for a while he's not been yeah, having that's true and taker but you know sally you think yeah surely 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 he's gonna score this and you start to also think well here's me he's sort of I don't know about you, but when you're sort of watching the game, knowing you're going to do this afterwards, you're thinking, you're almost sort of semi-rehearsing some of the stuff you're going to say later. Yeah. And me slagging off Salah, thinking, why did Salah stay on? Because he's not had a great game. He needs to be shown that when you don't have a great game, no matter what your record, you get taken off. 
how ironic would it be if he stepped up and got an equaliser that we didn't deserve? Because in some ways, if Salah had gone off, I might be thinking, oh God, it's Milner. It's Milner taking it, which, you know, and nothing against Milner. He's been so solid, but you just think, you know, he's not taken one for a while. He could be rusty. I, I just did not foresee... I'll be honest, I didn't think we'd, I wasn't 100% sure we'd score it, but I thought that was more the way we've been playing. I wouldn't be surprised to see a penalty that the keeper saves. It's just one of those days. Um, you know, yeah. from when Van Dyke's chance was headed off the line, they had that sort of feel about it, which yeah. doesn't excuse anything we did, though, and that's the issue. You know, he missed a pen, and I think, I don't think he'll ever take a penalty as bad as that again, and he, you know, he probably, probably never has taken one as bad as that. Um, there's part of me thinks taking off penalty is if he's that bad. That was my kind of instant reaction. But no, I think get him on the next one. Get him, let him forget it. It's not the first time I don't think he's missed for us anyway. I think he has missed before. You do miss pens. And he's done a damn sight better than I would have done. But I wrote down at that point, we need to react to this now. Two minutes later, I was writing down, no urgency, sideways passing. And yeah. I think at that point, I started to write up my summary of the game because I genuinely thought that's it. That's it. The way we've reacted to this. I mean... Salah's just missed a penalty. Why was there no one there with their arms around him telling him it's okay? I mean, I know he's a big lad. He's not the youngest player. He's experienced. Why weren't we around there saying, go on, Salah, go on, Mo, it doesn't matter. You fucking score one in open play now, lad. You know what I mean? This kind of sort of teamwork and sort of playing togetherness and and, and determination to think, shit, we've had another setback, but you know what? Fuck them. We, 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 we shit on setbacks. Let's go and win this game. But no. It was sideways passing, a couple more sideways passes, pass it forward, lose the ball. And it was just, yeah, it was game over. And if if there was a way that fans could vote to throw in the towel, I think we'd have all voted for it at that point and we'd have thrown one huge towel over them. Because we were left, as you say, with 25 minutes of nothing. Uh, they bring on Christie on 70. Ibu takes a yellow for the team, taking out Solanke as they break. Uh, Virgil does very well against Solanke in a 1v1. Uh, Fredericks and Cook come on for Lerma and Smith on 80 minutes. 83 minutes, a good move by them. Uh, Christie won their subs, does Henderson, and uh, takes a shot pretty much directly at Ali. We bring on Carvalho, uh, 85, 86 minutes for Bacetic. Uh, they bring on Semenyo and Vina. Uh, we have this pathetic little bit of inverted commas pressure where there's a bit of head tennis going on in their box, but it just looks half-arsed and we're second to balls we shouldn't be second to. Semenyo has an opportunity in 90 minutes. He carries the ball way longer than he should be allowed to carry it, shoots across the face of Ali's goal. And there is one opportunity, I tell a lie, on the very, very, uh, at the very tail end of the match where a long ball over the top drops. Cody lets it drop over his shoulder, bounces one, sits up nicely. He's on the right hand side of the sort of box and he has a bit of goal to aim at, but it's, it's a difficult opportunity. He blasts it over the top, not too far over, but over the top. And the match finishes with a moment that I think sums up our second half. And it's interesting because it's Andy Robertson who's front and centre here. Because as we're driving forward, there's maybe 30 seconds of the game left. Uh, he, I say driving forward. He's taking the ball forward from his customary position. And he looks up. And he keeps going. And he looks up and then he decides, I know what I'm going to do. I see Mo Salah, who's four foot fuck all. He is surrounded by grocks. So I'm going to launch a fucking hopeful aerial ball <laughs> di- diagonally at him. And therefore, I am going to fucking end this match. 
because we won't recover from that. They'll clear it and that's it. And I just thought, fucking hell. I don't, like, it's, it's brainless. It's, it's, it's sort of, it's so typical of what we were doing today. And this is a guy, we're talking here about a guy who some people think is world class. A guy who's been absolutely magnificent for us. A guy whose attitude and uh, excellence in the United game and, and, and a couple of cases recently uh, was, was a reminder of him at his very best. And I just thought, wow, that really does sum this up. That really does sum up how brainless we've been, how how many of the wrong decisions we've made again and again and again. And it just felt a little bit spirit crushing at the end there, I have to say. Uh, you know, it's one of those ones where the commentator hasn't even his wrap-up sentence said after the whistle's gone and the, the the screen is off. You just don't want to hear any more of this shit. You don't want to see any more of this shit. And here we are, Jim, and we've talked at least 70 minutes. Yes. <laughs> as, as I knew we would. Uh, but I want to I, I wanna wrap it up and I want to get your final thoughts. Uh, and maybe if you have anything you want to plug that's coming up as well. So let's just do that. I mean... Where, where where's that sitting with you now? I mean, we we've talked about the context, we've talked about what I might do to our, our chances of top four, all the rest. But just overall, um, and man, if you don't want to, if you if you want to be brief, I'll absolutely understand. Uh, overall, what you're left with as you re- reflect on at Bournemouth one, Liverpool nil. I think it's interesting. One of the things you're saying there about sort of you know the lack of brain power amongst the players at times, the lack of you know. They, they, they possess tremendous skill on the day they possess tremendous amounts of energy and are capable of unbelievable efforts and not only they're quite clever as well but you know there was I mean Robbo was an example and I'm not singling him out because he has been a gladiator for us but there was one earlier on in the half where he, he's just running down the wing basically Nunez is in front of him and Nunez is thinking come on pass it pass it pass it and in the end Nunez couldn't hold his run any longer yeah. Robbo passed the ball, he's offside. Yeah. And that that is one moment and it feels wrong to single that one out, but that is that is an example. And you could sort of you could you could recollect that moment without naming any players. And a lot of the players would think, oh, was it me he was talking about? Maybe he was talking about me. Because it's the kind of I don't know, the sort of lack of thought that's going into things. Or maybe overthinking, that's my other worry. Um at times. Are we just sort of are we sort of um as much as we say the players are intelligent, you know, there's I can remember that there was one time years ago, Brendan Rodgers gave Jordan Henderson a piece of paper and Henderson was looking at it the most puzzled I've ever seen him um, <laughs> because what the hell is all of this on here? Um, and it's like, you know, they don't, the coaches can be the most clever coaches in the world, but, but, but their job is to translate that into something that's nice and simple and easy to remember in a game. So maybe we're overthinking things. I don't know. But yeah, that that last 25 minutes summed up what was wrong with us this season, that there was no reaction, no fight back, no pride. You know, we should have been making Salah go home tonight, not bothered that he'd missed the penalty. You know, that is how I would expect a Liverpool team to react to that. Their mate has just had something go badly wrong for him. Right, we need to make it so he doesn't feel quite so shit about it afterwards. Now Salah will feel shit because he missed the penalty. In all honesty, though, it was a penalty that, you know, it, it really would be what your class is going against the run of play. It wasn't going, wouldn't have been a deserved point if we'd got it. And do you know what? The way we play today, we probably still would have conceded even if we'd got it. They... The, the one consolation in a way is that we did 
I think Ali only made one save. One went past him, and then he had one save later. And yeah. I might be wrong. Um, two on target, two on target in the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we didn't, we did restrict them in that sense, but th- that's nothing to be proud about. The bottom three, how they were, until we let them beat us. And you know, I, I don't want to be sort of. I will give credit to them. They came along with a game plan. They played it really well. They sussed out how to do it. They'd have been happy with a nil-nil, I am sure, and they got a one-nil, and they, and they deserved it. But you know, as much as they deserved it, we should have made them fight a lot more than we did, and that's just depressing. And there is so much work to be done. Maybe this season, rather than us thinking about top four, we've just got to think of it as, you know, there's however many more, twelve more lessons for us. We've got twelve more lessons where you know, twelve more classes almost, where we're almost going back to school and trying different things so we can learn how to be what we are again because we're just we've forgotten. You know, if if our ex- main exams were coming up now, God, we need more than revision. You know, we we need to learn again. We're just so far behind. It's it's depressing, but at the same time, look. Last week we beat the Manx 7-0. There is that side to us. We can do it. We've just got this problem. We've always had it. I would have actually said a week ago I could see us beating the Manx and losing to these because that's that's kind of what yeah. happens with us. I wish we could just find the magic recipe that says if you can get up for a game against the Manx, surely you can get up for a game against Bournemouth. You need to still. You cannot in this day and age in this league just turn up for a game and you know we've lost today. I just hope we learn from it. We we have done that for years under Klopp. And I hope we do it this time. As far as what I'm doing is concerned, um, sadly, we didn't do a Scouts of Tommy's this last week. So we never got the chance to gloat about the 7-0. And after this, and I think the next time we get to do one, it'll probably be after Real Madrid. So maybe we'll do a Scouts of Tommy's at the end of the week. But we'll just pretend that it's still the day after the 7-0. Because, you know, I think I've done enough talking about this. Matt, <laughs> and I can't see the Madrid one being a lot better. I feel for you doing that one as post-match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's That's... Yeah, it, it feels a little bit like a sentence at this point. And, uh, it's very interesting just to sum it up from my perspective as well. I was talking to lots of people during the week and I, I, I'm actually not very good at, at gloating. I, I, I've had, I had so much opportunity. I just, I'm just not very good at it. So I, I tend to just not do it, but I did have someone speak to me, uh, and say, Oh, I, I guess you'd, you'd take that. That's your season made now. You probably take, you know, whatever the, the rest of the season being crap. At least you got that. And I was like, holy shit, how small time is that as a concept? I was like, absolutely not. It's, it's, I said, it's a game. I mean, you know, it was fun, but in the context of the season so far, the, it's the most small time thing I can think of is to be, you know, be celebrating that as a, as a some sort of achievement. Like, it's like the time Everton put a DVD out because they'd beaten us once. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. I was like, what? Seriously, you, you well, the, the the beating Manchester United seven 0 parade. Like, come on, it's just <laughs> ridiculous way of thinking about things. And I just. I couldn't help. It kept coming back into my head as this was going on today. This game was going on. I was thinking, Jesus, I, I can understand fellas uh, creeping into small time mentality because you do have to sort of like savor the joy when you get it when when your team is as unpredictable and as potentially um, awful as this current iteration of Liverpool are under Jurgen. And we just, like you say, it needs fixing. We didn't do a, a Malby in the spot either, so I feel your pain, brother. We 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 didn't get an opportunity to 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 to, to gloat and now instead it's going to be me and Jan sort of looking at each other going oh Christ 
how we, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> we're doing it Thursday. So there's potentially uh, not one, but two uh, annoying things to have to talk about. Uh, but anyway, we will get on with it. I want to thank Jim for uh, his yeoman shift that he's put in today. Not an easy one. Um and especially for the pressure to be on him as a sole uh, contributor along with myself, I really do appreciate uh, what he's uh, done for us today. We've, as I knew we would, talked the arse off this, so we will wrap it up. Uh, and if you're uh, anyway wise in the head at all, you'll pay attention to whatever it is Jim is doing creatively and uh, get your ears around that. Uh, we'll be back with our various shows, both of which we've flagged up, and we'll be back together doing Raw, no doubt, very soon. I'll be back with, um, a, I can't even tell you who it is for the Real game, but hopefully we'll have young Hendrick back in the South for that one um, regardless I've been Trev Denny that was Jim Boardman this was Raw we'll talk to you soon we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.